Your goal should be to hear as many no's as possible. Welcome to the Alloy Personal Training Business Podcast, where we'll share our insights on how to make more money, how to help more people, and how to be a better leader for your business and your community. We've been in this game since 1992, and we'll share our successes and failures along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. Good morning, Jared. Good morning. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I only brought you on because the uh, public demand was so high. (laughs) If you don't get Jared back on, we're going to quit listening. What, all 10 views? Yeah. (laughs) My mom and my grandmother both said, hey, bring him back on or he's out. Yeah, exactly. That's great. Both of our listeners. So appreciate you guys. (laughs) Hey, mom. Good to see you. No, just teasing. So the reason I wanted to have you on is because for those of you guys haven't met Jared, he's our head franchise business coach. So he's doing a lot of coaching. He coaches all the franchises, even the corporate clubs that we have in our stable. And so one thing came up the other day and it was about just the relentless effort that it takes to continue to do certain, whether it be marketing plays or processes or whatever. And, you know, it, then we, the discussion led to the word no, right? Like getting a no from someone or something, right? Right. And what to do with that. And so it reminded me of a story of an article that I was reading. And in the article, I can't remember who the um, author was. It was a famous business coach, but he's basically telling a story about a company that had a sales arm. And part of the sales arm was telemarketing, which everyone listening to this knows how hard telemarketing would be. I've never done it, but I can't imagine just you've done something similar, right? Basically. Yeah. So it's like, I think it's probably great training for everyone, but we'll finish. So in the story, they couldn't keep telemarketers on shifts for longer than about four hours because they were constantly hearing the word no. And it was such a negative. And what people don't understand is how, unless you're trained to understand how to process that word or that response, that it feels like a rejection, right? Like a personal rejection. And so when you hear it over and over and over again, it just wears you down. So they couldn't keep any engaged telemarketers on shift for more than three hours. So they brought this person in, a consultant, he discussed with them and kind of gave them the ideas around the word no and how no is actually an opportunity, right? Because if you get enough no's, it means you're working hard. And after a certain number of no's, the law of you know, percentages will tell us that eventually you're going to get a yes. So the company took this information and they, they inserted a policy for telemarketers. And the policy was that the first one in the day, every day, to get 20 no's gets a free lunch, right? And so it sounds really odd when you think about it. Like whoever gets 20 no's gets lunch. But what they were actually doing was genius because they were taking the psychology of a no, which seen as a failure and maybe in a personal affront to your character or whatever that is. It's just tough, right? So they took that word no and they flipped it into a positive, like, hey, get 20 no's. And what they really knew was they knew that if you just keep dialing and you just keep going and you just keep going, you know, you're going to get better and your scripts are going to get better and you're going to get, you know, better with objections. And eventually you're going to learn and you're going to get some yeses, but you can't get them without the no's. It's impossible, right? So the idea was, hey, if you can go for 20 no's, first of all, it won't be seen as a negative. Like when you got your 20 no's, by the way, you rang a little bell, right? It's like that one, right? And it became like a bit of a joke, but they would really be disappointed if they didn't get it. So like one of the responses that he mentioned in the article was like one person was like, oh man, I would have had it, but the last guy I called, he bought something. So he's having a phone forever because he had a big order and they're like, oh, too bad. You know, they all start, right, right. And they all start laughing. 
But what it did is it completely flipped the psychology of the word no, right, into being a positive thing. It was like, okay, this is just part of the process. As a matter of fact, if you hustle in the front half of the day and get this many no's, you get to ring the bell, you get a free lunch. Because they knew if you can just get people resolved to the fact that you're going to hear no a lot or you're going to fail as a high percentage of failure, that you are going to eventually get a yes. But you got to you have to plow through your nose to get a yes. It's a just a fact of telemarketing and sales, right? Outreach, outbound sales. So pretty interesting way to go about it, right? And what it did is it allowed them to extend the shift of the telemarketers from four hours to eight hours. So now with this new resolve and a new lens on the word no and that failure and all of those things that come with it, they weren't seeing it that way. It was almost, they, they understood it as part of the process. They were rewarded for it because it was part of the process. It became kind of a fun game. And all of a sudden the word no lost all of its you know negative connotations yeah, right. to them and, and the impact negatively. And they could work for eight hours and they were happy doing it, right? Because they just knew, hey, it's just part of the game. And it's so, so what a cool way to take something negative, put a positive light on it and actually reward people for it. Absolutely. But that got us talking yesterday, yeah. obviously about, you know, resolve and reaching out and, you know, you've got leads and you reach out and they don't call back. And it's like, it can just, it can beat you up, right? It can make you feel bad about yourself, but you just have to keep going. So I don't know if you want to jump in there already, but thoughts? Well, yeah. I mean, so as Ricka already alluded to, I did something somewhat similar as my first job after my plan. I'm here. You don't have to talk about being the third person. (laughs) (laughs) So as you already said, I did something similar. Um, It was my first job right after my playing career ended and going from playing playing was that the vegas cage dancer or the baseball baseball okay all right right okay got off it. season cage dancer but you know on season pro baseball yeah got it yeah, that's okay right. good. just trying to clear it up <laughs> for our listeners that's right. right my wife is gonna love that good yeah so i moved into this role and basically it was dialing for dollars and what i found pretty quickly was that the best way for me to meet my goals was to make basically a hundred phone calls a day in hopes of getting one. Yes. So you get used to hearing no a lot, but then kind of as time went on, I was there for you know a year and a half or so I was calling in the same region and in the same States over and over again. So some of these people I was calling four five, six times in a year. Ultimately what we know is that sales is a relationship building game. Right. Right. And so, after I've called them four times, they know who I am. They know what I'm calling about. And even a couple people, I never even closed, but I would get on the phone and I would end up having a 20-minute conversation with them. And I don't know if they would have ever, ever ended up closing. Obviously, I'm not doing that job anymore. But it definitely changed my mindset on why I was dialing. Ultimately, I wasn't trying to just make a sale. I was trying to build a relationship in hopes that that would lead to them saying yes eventually. Right. So you're just planting seeds, basically. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. And without, you know, when we look at that through the lens of like a, a brick and mortar gym, right? You know, you get leads and everyone right now, their closing rate seems to be really high. Meaning if they get people to the gym, which seems to be the toughest part of the process, most people's closing rates are high. It's not, I mean, you need sales training, but I think most of the sales training needs to go on the outreach, right? If somebody puts their hand up or if you get cold leads, referrals from other clients, hey, call this friend of mine, would you? That type of thing. That's where you need this type of resolve to, to cause you're gonna hear lots of no's, right? But if you're doing it in a way that is not offensive and you are planting seeds, right? 
that's what you're basically doing. And, and it should be something that you're doing. It's like a put a pair of lenses that you put on that you wear all the time. Like you're always looking for lead acquisition and opportunity, right? Yeah. doesn't matter. And so, yes, you want short-term results and you're measuring results of things. And if there's a, you know, if you fire a few bullets out there and ping them off a hole, then you load up your, you know, your gunpowder and you fire your cannonball, right? You put right. all of it effort to that area that's, that's showing you some results. But the fact is like, you have to be shooting your bullets. You have to mm -hmm. be range finding at all times, which means you're working different channels, right? And you're not always going to be successful. And if you're not, it doesn't even mean that channel sucks. You might not even have enough relevant data yet to know, right? Yeah. So we talk about getting out in your community, which has been tougher with COVID, obviously, but to get out in your community and do some sponsorships. And uh, you had ideas, you know, for franchisees getting out where if there's people that are out and about right now, they're typically the on the on the side of either they've been vaccinated or they're relatively healthy and they don't feel like they're at high risk. Those are the people that would be more apt to come into the gym right now. Right. right. So why not go to where they are and do these community events? Well, I've done a million of those in my 30 years and I've never gone out and done a community event and come back with 10 new members. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Right. And you know this, you've heard this through marketing. People need to see your materials or your brand seven times. Mm -hmm. So it could be a Facebook ad. A friend works out here. They saw you at the you know town event. You did a warm up for a local 5k race for people. Da -da 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 -da. Then they come in. But if you look at our brand as an example, with a lifetime value of nearly $10,000, it's worth those seven touches, right? That's right. And those are just the things you need to be doing all the time. And so the biggest mistake I see, because we could use the word no, it might not be as pointed as just like no, but you could use the word no as also just a failure. Yeah. And so what people do is they, they try something, they try a marketing channel like a community outreach. They go do one or two luncheons for companies. They get one customer it seemed like an inordinate amount of time. And then they're like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, I don't know. Like I went and did that. I mean, I did it, only got like two people. Right. But it's kind of like saying, hey, I ran one Facebook ad, did never tweak it, never worked on my craft with it, never changed my creative or my taglines or anything. And it only got like one person. So like right. Facebook sucks. Right. It's kind of like saying luncheons suck or community outreach sucks or right. cold outreach sucks or none of them suck. No. And hearing no's, and this is what I want people to understand, like a no is an opportunity to get better, right? So speaking of baseball, it was funny because I was thinking about these no's and that led me to like failure overall. And without cheating, since you're a baseball, you should be essentially a baseball aficionado. <laughs> How many times did Reggie Jackson strike out? Oh my gosh. I have no idea. I would I had to write it down. So I'm going to guess that he struck out a thousand times. 2,600 times, wow, which amazing. was a major league baseball record. Does, any, does everybody talk about that? I, no. No. No, because he raked. Right. He hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> exactly. So if you, in fact, you know, if you use him as an example, or Thomas Edison was another one that I stumbled across, which yeah, is pretty yeah. cool. It's a good one. So Thomas Edison had 1,000 failed experiments, 1,000 experiments. Yeah. And the 1,001 was the light bulb, right? So you know, when you look at people that have accomplished anything good, even if it's growing a gym, I mean, you're not inventing a light bulb, but you might be. But even growing a gym, it's like you're not going to strike oil every time you drill, right? And you're not going to land on the perfect target every time you throw it, or you're not going to hit a home run every time you swing the bat. But if you're not swinging the bat, how do you get better? How do you, you know, you, you can't, what is it? You, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. It sounds right. all Michael these sports Scott. cliches. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, you know, when you look at those things, it's like, all right, a no is an opportunity to get better. So every time you hear a no, if you're learning from it and you're getting more comfortable in the role, and actually in, in a lot of ways you're getting more comfortable hearing the word no, 
you're building up resolve, right? You're building up skill sets and you have to go through it. It goes back to something Matt and I've talked about that 10,000 hour rule where Mm -hmm. to get good at something, you have to do that thing, right? Right. And you should be prepared to suck at it at first. And it's not for wimps. It's not like sales or entrepreneurship or whatever. You're not always going to hear yeses, right? You're going to hear no's a lot. I mean, I have friends in the industry that are, that wanted to buy a business and they were young and didn't have great, you know, not bad credit, but not a lot of credit history. And so, you know, they go and just start asking for money, you know, and they, they were told no, like 10 or 12 times before they found some small local private equity firm that maybe was a friend of the family that was willing to back them to buy the gym. Right. Right. But they literally heard no 12 times with a well pieced together presentation on why, you know, when they're buying an existing brand and everything else, but you're betting on a 21 year old kid, right? right. People are just like, nah, 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 nah. Well, what kind of resolve do you think it took? Right? Well, that person, like they bought it, they built the gym, they essentially sold it and have started another project. So it's like, you know, you have to hear those no's and that's real important for younger generations too. You know, I was talking to um licensee of ours who's a friend of mine. Her son's a senior in high school, I believe, either junior or senior, and he's a smart kid, and he reads all these entrepreneurship books and stuff, which I find just fascinating. I think it's great. So we got on the phone the other day, and we were talking, and he's got all these ideas, and that was some of the advice that I would give to him. Is like, look, I don't know what, like, he's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about that? And there's like wild ideas, and that's where you should be at that age. You have big dreams, like, I want to yeah. do this, I want to start this online company, I want to do this, I want to do that. I'm like, great, all those will work. Here's the deal. They're all going to be hard as shit, right? <laughs> and they're not going to, you're not going to make money when you first start. You're right. just not. So I would say it also helps you guys. The gift of that word no is that it can build resolve. So it builds character. Second, you build skills, right? And then lastly, I think the really important thing is that you have a real passion for what you do because it's such a grind. And because that hearing no, I don't care what you say, it's a bruise to your ego. You just build up tolerance to it over time. But it's certainly early on getting up and hustling and hearing lots of no's. That's where the passion comes in. Like, you know, I'm a pretty stoic guy, so I don't believe passion can get you anywhere in business, you know, as far as like executing things. You can't just passion your way into profits, right? right. I think that's a fallacy. If you love what you do, I'm like, yeah, but you still have to have skills and be, be smart. Exactly. And guess how you get good at it? You fail off. You fail like crazy, right? You fail often and you fail a lot. I've heard Denzel Washington say, when you fail, you know, it's like have something to fall back on. He's like, bullshit, you know, fall forward. Like, Every time I fail, I fall forward, you know, and I'm making progress every single time. And I thought that was a good analogy. That would be the advice to any young entrepreneur. It's like, listen, man, every time you fail, it's an opportunity to learn. You're actually moving forward as long as you stack skills on that every single time. Right. Well, and we're really fortunate. The industry that we work in specifically is very satisfying. We've talked about that a lot of times. I'm sure you guys have talked about it multiple times on the podcast. We've talked about it individually. But coming into the gym... And helping somebody meet their goals is very satisfying, but it's not necessarily realistic in the business world. So most people are very used to like, well, especially now with social media, very transactional relationships. So you walk into the gym, you get your workout, you got a good pump on, your endorphins are are going through the roof and you leave and the customer satisfied and so are you as a trainer to be able to provide that service. But it's not quite the same when you get into the business world. You're not playing the same game where it's just in and out and all is good. My wife, for instance, is heading down a new road trying to carve out a new business path. 
And she's been sending a ton of emails. She's had a ton of really good conversations, but she hasn't seen all those conversations come to fruition quite yet. And as a nurse practitioner, she's so used to that transactional relationship where somebody comes in, they've got a problem, she has a solution for yeah. them, and they leave and they're like, great, I'm healthy, all is well now. And so what I was telling her was, it's okay to not get an immediate response. It's okay to hear no. It's okay for you to have a good conversation and then wait six months before they say, okay, cool, let's do this. Right. It's more about just keeping yourself in front of them, reminding them that you're still there. You can still provide something for them whenever the time comes. And if you're not getting a response, and she's doing really good about this, tweak something in that email that you're sending. So one of the things that she said she's doing now is instead of just going straight into an email with, here's what I can do for you, she does a little bit deeper dive, hops on their website, sees if she can gather some personal information, and then ties that to the start of her email. So for instance, we have two golden retrievers. She noticed that somebody that she was um, trying to earn as a client has a golden retriever as a client of their office. So that's how she started the conversation. We'll see if it ends up turning into something else and gets bigger, but that's a great tactic to try to humanize yourself and make it less about business and more about the relationship. Right. Well, and that's a great point because she's not hearing no's like in the literal sense, right? Right. It's like, I mean, sure, I'm sure the pitcher when he struck out Reggie Jackson was probably like, no, not this time. <laughs> right. But at the same time, like there's there aren't literal no's always, right? Sometimes like, hey, would you like to purchase this? No. Okay, great. But you're right. When you come out of a world where everything happens simply and right in front of you, right? And then you have to go start planting seeds. Like what she's doing though in response to that is what everyone should do. Like that's she's new to entrepreneurship, even though she's very seasoned in her knowledge base. Mm-hmm entrepreneurship is different. That's building a business. And it doesn't matter if it's a, what she's building, right. Or a business like ours where you're trying to get customers to come to a gym or I'm trying to sell franchises, same thing. Right. So the fact that she's like adjusting emails or whatever, that's taking the nose and stacking knowledge and experience onto them without those. Right. I mean, like you have to put it out there again, she's going through that same process that we're talking about stings a little bit this confusion why is nobody doing this why is nobody buying this it's like it's like novocaine right it works always works you just got to give it time so you just have to keep going and in that you should be doing what michelle's doing which is like as you're going you're evolving and you're learning and you're saying oh these emails that have if i have a personal connection on the front end and then i give a value proposition right that gets me more engagement she won't know that yet right so it could be a year before you land on the perfect tipping point type of email or same thing in the gym, right? It's like the one creative that goes out that just blows the other ones out of the park or the one hook that you didn't think of that's like crushing it. The key is you never get to that. You'll never get to that because the, the chances that your first invention is the light bulb and not your 1,000 and first event is the light bulb is even lesser, right? right? So it's like just resolve yourself to the fact that no is an actual gift. Failing is an actual gift. And that's part of that stoic, you know, stiff upper lip backbone that you have to have to be a successful entrepreneur. So anybody listening that's getting their ass kicked because of COVID or lead acquisition is tough. It's like, think of it as a gift. You're building resolve. You're building, you know, uh, skill sets. You're building knowledge. You're building things that will carry you far, far into the future. 
So as much as the, you know, it's the old uh, Stockdale paradox, as much as it sucks right now, you have to think of it long-term, you know that you're going to be fine, right? That's the paradox. You're well-rooted in the, in the fact that it's difficult right now, but you're building skills, emotional tolerance, everything else that's going to benefit you further down the road in the future. That's the real key. So if you hear the word no, or you're, you know, bidding to get funding for a project and you get no's, just keep going. That's where the passion comes in. So I'd say that's where the most valuable part of passion is in business is it's your willingness to get up every morning and keep going because you have this driving force that will outweigh all the negatives and all the no's that you're going to get because you're going to get a lot. But if you look at those also as a gift and you understand how they fit into the framework, similar to the telemarketing company, you can increase your resistance as well from four hours to eight or like a lot, you know, to even more. And the more swings you take, the more chances you get to, to hit one out of the park and you only need a few to, to get some traction. Right. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it helps you guys just to understand it's a little bit pie in the sky, you know, but it's so true. And we see it as with Jared coaching businesses and owners and managers, right. He sees it. And I certainly see it even in my own habits, trying to like selling something new and then I see it with the gyms that we work with through licensing and franchising as well. So it's a good lesson. I hope it helps. Is that is that good? I had lots of notes. I had lots of other like uplifting things I wanted to say, <laughs> but I couldn't get them all out. Yeah, I said them all in some way, shape, or form. <laughs> good stuff. And by the way, nice hat. I didn't. I forgot to mention yeah, that. Thanks. That is a super dope hat. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we are so cute. We are. <laughs> we are. And on that note, we're gonna we're gonna. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about our cuteness, but we're going to spare you guys that. So we will catch you next week. Peace. (laughs) See ya. See ya. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, check us out at alloyfranchise.com for more information on the Alloy systems. Also, leave us a five-star review so we can spread the good word and help more people.